We've been talking about this game for a week. Let's talk about some of the advanced keys to upsetting Alabama Saturday. This is the Locked On Ole Miss Podcast. You are locked on Ole Miss. Your daily podcast on the Ole Miss Rebels. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. All right, welcome to the Locked On Ole Miss Podcast. I am your host, Stephen Willis. Thank you for tuning in this morning. We're kind of becoming the morning show for Ole Miss sports. That's pretty cool. People are going to start talking about keys to pulling the upset, and it's going to be a lot of the same stuff that we hear over and over and over again. So I wanted to have a little bit of a keys episode like we always do, but a little bit more advanced thinking, if that makes sense. Um, We will talk about some things that you might not hear that Ole Miss absolutely has to do to pull out the upset this weekend. Anyway, before we get started, today's episode is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. It's Bet Online where the game starts. Also, thanks for making the Locked On Ole Miss podcast your personal listen every day. We're free and available wherever you get your podcast, including YouTube. So subscribe to the YouTube channel, hit the bell for notifications, and participate in the conversation by commenting below or hitting the upvote button. Thank you very much for that. Anyway, so we are talking about keys to this Alabama game, and we're going to have John Avery in the third segment, and we're going to have an extended John Avery interview that airs at 8 o'clock tonight. So you can tune in for that. That's 8 o'clock Eastern. If you're um, notified, on, you hit the bell, you'll be notified whenever that video goes up. But it's like 30 minutes long of John Avery. We can only do 10 minutes or 15 minutes on this show because Locked On gets antsy if the video gets like 45 minutes long. They want it to be about 30 minutes an episode. So we're going to have to cut that video up a little bit for this show, but we're going to have the full length one that we're going to release later. All right. The number one key to this game is going to be play clean. No mo swings. Because whenever you play Alabama, it doesn't matter what. They are so talented that momentum swings tend to be your undoing. That would be, that includes, and this affects us this way, going forward on fourth down, turning the ball over, stuff like that that allows Alabama to get momentum swings. They can put you away in a hurry. As we saw last year. Um, in the first half. That, that game ended fairly quickly in the first half. Not because we weren't good enough. It was because we did not play clean. There were plays that could have been made, things that could have been done. We allowed the momentum swings to happen. They took advantage of them, and Alabama kind of put Ole Miss away. Alabama has beaten team after team after team who had upset wins, great plans, doing everything that they need to do. And one mistake of going for it on fourth down, one really bad turnover, something like that that swings it around and all of a sudden they're down by two scores. And you're like, how did this happen? Well, it happened because they're supremely talented. But this year is a little bit different scenario with this Alabama team. There's an issue with their coordinators. And if you listen to Alabama fans online, you can see that. I'm not, I'm not talking out of, out of school right now. But their lack of confidence can be taken advantage of. 
So the next thing we need, because of that lack of confidence, the next key to the game will be a fast start. And Ole Miss traditionally started fairly quickly this year. Even the LSU game that they lost, they jumped up 17-3. to This is an Alabama team that is going to be really good. They're going to fight. They're going to do whatever. But their confidence is shaken. So the worst thing you can do is let them reestablish dominance and start feeling good again because then their talent can take back over and all of a sudden they're going to be more of a handful than a less confident Bama. So one thing that is going to be necessary is that fast start. A situation where Ole Miss gets the ball, goes down, scores a touchdown, that is what you need in this game. And if that happens, honestly, it could be Katie bar the door, but I expect Lane Kiffin and Charlie Weiss Jr. to script really well. I expect the first offensive series of the game to be very well done in attacking the perceived flaws in the Alabama Crimson Tide defense. I think you're going to see some RPOs to Henry Toa Toa. I think we're going to use the middle of the field quite a bit. I think the screen pass game is going to be a major component. These are all things that I would do, but I think – they would do it as well because we've seen it against Alabama and Pete Golding in the past. And I'm going back to 2020 in case anybody has any questions. If you look at the offense that was run in that game, that crazy shootout, don't pay attention to Alabama on offense. Pay attention to Ole Miss on offense and Alabama on defense and what you did to attack Pete Golding. They used the tight end over the middle of the field. They used the screen game. I think that game, Ole Miss ran for a couple hundred yards. Um, both Snoop Connor and Jerry and Ely, I think, went over 100 yards. So the tempo has a t- chance to get them disheveled as well. Now, remember, this Alabama team, though extremely talented, and I will say this over and over again, just like I said in the whole offseason, somebody in the comment section yesterday broke out, it's, it's one thing to be talented, it's another thing to be good in our description of Alabama, and they're absolutely correct. That is the reason I got into this business, and that made me so happy. So thank you very much for that. But Ole Miss needs to be multidimensional in this game. We're going to talk about their need to stick to the run game because so many teams don't stick to the run game against Alabama, and that's not really this Alabama team. Um, But they do need to have some semblance of balance. And why is that the case? Well, Alabama's safeties, like everybody's safeties, wants to squeeze the line of scrimmage. They're going to want to start out at 12 yards. They're going to try and get to about nine, some point where they're comfortable. And they can take that area where every Alabama defender is within nine yards of the line of scrimmage, and unless you back them up, there's not as much space. So you need to back them up. You need the deep shots. You need Jonathan Mingo. You need Malik Heath, J.J. Henry, um, Jordan Watkins, those guys – to have a big day, big day. This is a increasingly important game for the wide receivers. I'm not asking them to do anything special. I'm asking them to do what they do. Jordan Watkins over the middle, he's going to have to be some sort of a facsimile of Elijah Moore. If Jalen Robinson plays, same thing. Over the middle of the field, they need to be effective. Now, on the outside, you need Jonathan Mingo, um, going up against Kool-Aid McKinstry to have a day where he just occupies that, where he is the sole thing in his mind so he's not paying attention to the backfield. Same thing goes for Malik Heath on the other side. 
You don't want them thinking about the run game. You want this to be as much of a seven or nine on seven period as you can get. Just eliminate those corners, send them off downfield, make them worry about the deep shot. Because as soon as they take their mind off and they decide to help out, which they're going to have to do, because we can run the ball really well, they're going to get double moved. And they know that. Nick Saban knows that. Because Lane Kiffin was on his staff. He knows how he operates. Both of these coaches know how the other operates. It's absolutely fantastic. It should be a lot of fun to see. Anyway, like I said, it should be a lot of fun. Anyway, this week's thrilling moment in college football is brought to you by Nissan. The thrilling moment, the thrilling designs behind the new lineup of Nissans are intended to empower drivers in vehicles as capable as the drivers themselves. When I think of unbelievable abilities on the field for this week's thrilling moment, it has to be Sanquez Golden, Golson, and the left foot down. I've got this right here that I talk about all the time. There's the play. That's 2014. Going deep. Sanquez picking off the pass. Vault Hemingway as loud as I've ever heard it um, in person. So, Sanquez making that play and winning that game and the goalpost coming down and all of this stuff in Oxford, Mississippi, it was fantastic. It was a game whenever Ole Miss... Missed the extra point to go up 23-17, I think it was, that you were worried about the seven-point drive going down the field and what was happening. And and Alabama proceeded to go straight down the field. It was a screen pass, I believe, to T.J. Yeldon, which, by the way, I compared to Quinshawn Judkins quite a bit because um, he was unbelievably dangerous in college. That was kind of a big play that got him going as well. And they got down to about the almost 30-yard line, and there was a holding penalty and dropped him back, and then then Blake Sims tried to take a shot. And he took a shot to O.J. Howard in the end zone. 5'9", Sanquez Golson made a play that will live in the infamy of Ole Miss sports. So thank you very much for that, Sanquez. Huge play, but Ole Miss was able to pull off that upset and the big win over Alabama. Um, Ole Miss ended up ranked in the first college football playoff rankings as well. So... That is pretty cool. This segment has been inspired by the thrilling new designs featured across Nissan's new lineup of vehicles. Pursue what thrills you in the all-new Frontier Armada or Pathfinder today. Available at NissanUSA.com. All right, thank you very much for making the Locked On Ole Miss podcast your first listen every day. For your second listen today, check out Locked On Sports today. From the games that matter the most to the biggest stories in sports, go beyond the scoreboard and behind the scenes with the local experts and insights only Locked On can provide. Locked On Sports Today, available on this app, YouTube, and wherever you get your podcast. Now, the last key of this game that we're going to hit before we go into the John Avery interview is essentially Ole Miss doesn't need to give up the run. Whenever you play Alabama, the temptation is there to throw the ball, to, to, to attack the weaknesses. And this is the problem with it. Alabama's whole defense design is designed to get you off schedule. They are better on third and 10 than they are in third and six. They are better on third and 10 than they are in third and two. And they don't want you to get down there. So I would 
force feed run the ball, which Ole Miss has been doing this all year anyway. So this is not necessarily new news. But use Judkins, use Evans, use Jackson Dart's legs. I think they said before the A&M game that they made the decision not to run Jackson Dart as much. Well, now they're running the Jackson Dart train again. And this is a absolutely huge game. So everything has to be left out on the field in this game. So I expect to see all three of them having a banner day. And none of these moments have risen above Jackson Dart. Even Tiger Stadium might have rattled him a little bit, but that interception was not necessarily his fault. Ole Miss is not a drop-back passing team. Whenever they were put in the drop-back passing team position, they kind of got in trouble. So we will we will see. We will see. I don't know what that was. We will see how this works out um, in this game. This is going to be a huge game. This is going to be a massive part of the game. Alabama's run def- defense, which is pretty good, against Ole Miss's run offense, which is pretty good. It is the um, irresistible force versus the Im- immovable object type situation. This is going to be the main part of the game. If Alabama, in their supreme talent, is able to stop Ole Miss's run game, which it is possible that that can happen, Jackson Dart needs to make plays in the pass game. There's ways to open this up, even if it starts out in the beginning, that Alabama is stopping the run game. If they are stopping that, there's ways to loosen it up, and that is through the pass game and through the RPOs. Remember, they have options on top of options on top of options in this offense. So many plays are actually true triple options for a quarterback, even though it looks like a simple inside zone play or a jet sweep. There's a lot of tags built on the plays. It doesn't look like the service academy, but they're doing similar type stuff, just the options might be different. My favorite play that Lane Kiffin runs, and this comes from his FAU days, there's a jet sweep that is the first option. The second option is the inside zone play to the running back. The third option is the quarterback pulling the ball and keeping it. It's a true triple option play. It doesn't look anything like a triple option but is a true triple option. It is, it is really cool. I've seen, I think Ole Miss has run it once or twice, but it is in their bag of tricks. And I think Ole Miss is going to break that out um, in time for um, this game. I'm, I'm pretty excited, honestly. So, let's see. Um. Remember, John Avery is going to be interviewed tonight. We're not going to have as long of a show here, so we can have a little bit more of John Avery in this show, but his full interview will be released tonight. Um, That should be a lot of fun as well. I'm I'm really, really looking forward to that. And it's it's really, really going to be a fun situation um, with John Avery. It was a great interview. It was a fantastic interview. Um, he called Alabama the luckiest program in the history of the world, and he made some kind of a um, not smiling reference to Nick Saban. He's pretty fired up about this weekend's um, game. He also told a story after 2014 running half naked through the snow in 40, to below, 40 below weather in Canada after Ole Miss beat Alabama in 2014. I mean, there's a lot of fun stuff that um, he talked about as well. But those are the keys to the game, the advanced keys, really. Ole Miss needs to play clean. No momentum swings. And they need to be very conscious of momentum swings. It is okay if every possession that Ole Miss has ends in a kick Saturday. That should be the goal. The second thing is they need to um, have a fast start. 
You're dealing with a team that is confidence has been shaken. They're a talented team. A team that doesn't have confidence um, is not going to be good as a team that does. So a supremely talented team, down, you want to keep them down, you need a fast start. And last of all, you need to stick with the run. Um, I'm, honestly, I would be hyper-conservative um, in the run game this game. I expect this if this works in the run game, like I said, if Ole Miss can get over 200 yards, they're in good shape. But this Alabama team and the way it sets up, this game could be a little bit weird. So pay attention um, for that. I'm, I'm really excited for this game, as you've heard from me say over and over and over again. So thank you very much for tuning in for that. Um, over here, we got the full-length John Avery interview will be available tonight at 8 Eastern, 7 Central. It's already scheduled up on the YouTube channel. If you hit the bell and notify, it'll let you know when it is up. That is something to pay attention to as well. And also, I want to tell you about Bet Online. Bet Online is your number one source for all of your betting information, football, and the start of basketball season. Find all the latest player developments, team matchups, news podcasts, in-depth analysis on every game. Now, look below. You got number nine, Alabama, an 11.5 point favorite. That line's gone down a little bit versus the 11, number 11, Ole Miss Rebels. The over under is currently at 64 points. That's not moving very much at all. It's a 2.30 game on CBS Sports. As far as the line goes, I expect this line to kind of trickle down all week. I'm curious to see what it'll look like Saturday morning, but it should be a pretty cool thing. This is going to be a great game. I think Ole Miss is in a position talent-wise, and with everything going on in Alabama, they're in a position to compete for this game. And if Ole Miss wins this game by kickoff, this game could mean a completely different thing. It could mean if LSU beats Arkansas, it's status quo. Ole Miss has to win this game. They should be up for it. If Arkansas wins that game, you could have a sky-high Ole Miss locker room for this game. So it should be pretty cool. But this is Bet Online. It's the fastest and easiest way to check in on all your favorite games and events, including MLB, MMA, boxing, and golf. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. It's Bet Online, where the game starts. All right. Thanks for making the Locked On Ole Miss podcast your first listen every day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcasts, including YouTube. So do us a favor subscribe to the YouTube channel, hit the bell for notifications of videos, which there's a few of them. And, of course, participate in the conversation by upvoting the video and commenting down below. I'm here with the interview that I have most wanted to get it on with. John Avery is coming on the show. How you doing, John? I'm fine, man. I'm doing really well. I'm, I'm excited to be here. Thank you. Yeah, yeah I, I'm unbelievably excited. You can tell by my voice how excited I am that you are here. Anyway... <laughs> Let's go ahead and get started because I know you've heard this from the fan base and everything, the running joke that goes back to Bill Walsh's college football back on the Sega Genesis back in the day. How fast is John Avery fast? Uh, I don't know. I mean, you know, I, I try to be faster than the guy that's chasing me, but um, uh, I, I, you know, I'm, I'm, I think I'm up as a pretty legit uh, about four one seven, four one six. I've run that fast on the track. Um, I didn't run track in college because of uh, Tommy Tuberville. 
said he didn't want to risk me blowing out a hamstring and then me not being able to recover. So I don't know how fast I would have gotten. Um, but track uh, really helped my speed a lot, even in the uh, combine. The combine, I fell asleep in the end zone, and Fred Taylor and Robert Edwards actually woke me up and said, John, it's your turn to run. Because I, uh, I, I, uh, I was just getting tired of waiting on the wide receivers to run. So I had to run from one end of the Indianapolis uh, uh, Stadium to the other end, run, run a 429, and then I tried to go back to sleep. They're like, no, you got to run one more time. I'm like, yeah, I'd rather take a nap. You know what I mean? So I've, I've literally woke up and run a, a 429. But, um, you know, like I said, if those defenders looked like my mother uh, with a belt, I probably would have ran a 38. So. <laughs> I think we've all been there. We've she, all been true. there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, um, you know, the Arkansas game is the one that comes to mind first off, that 97-yard touchdown. Can you, like, talk about your memory of that game? Because Stuart Patrick says, like, his nose got broke the play before and he couldn't hardly talk. Um, what, what's your recollection of that play? I remember – I called that play. Hmm? I called that play. Uh, hmm. We had the truck symbol. It like, we go hmm. like this, and I'm not trying to show off my arms. But they do the they do the, uh, the trunk symbol, and because uh, I remember Noel Mazzoni, Coach Mazzoni was like looking at his playbook, and he didn't have a play for being backed up on the on the uh, goal line like that. And so, and me, I'm 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 a competitor. I, you know, I wasn't the biggest guy, but my heart was bigger than the stadium. So I looked at him. I said, I said, run truck, and he he just kind of said, go ahead, do what you want to do. You know what I mean? And uh, once I hit that line of scrimmage, Andre Rome came across. Uh, and so the guy kind of overplayed it when uh, Andre uh, when Andre came in motion. So when I came through the line, it was a guy coming from the backside, and I've I've learned to make a move on a guy without looking at him. So he thought because I was looking straight ahead, he thought he had a kill shot, and I made that one plant, and I knew I had to get back straight, and so I could eat up the angles because it was guys already about 15, 20 yards away from me, and I'm like I got to get back straight so I can eat up the angle, and that's what I did. So if you see. I don't run to the sideline. I run straight up the field, and I don't hit the sideline until I'm in end zone. Yeah, it's one of my uh, favorite runs um, because that rushing yard record was um, at Ole Miss was one that nobody ever hardly could seem to break. There's other schools that, like, had those long runs all the times, but it seemed like it was, like, at 87 yards on a fake punt for 50 years at Ole Miss. <laughs> <laughs> And whenever you saw that, and it was just amazing because that was one of the few times that I saw is like, once you got in between the defensive line and the linebackers, I was like, oh, he's gone. <laughs> yeah, I, I kind of, I saw the playback and I, I remember uh, Tuckville, he's got his hat off and he's rolling his arm like, go ahead. You know what I mean? Cause <laughs> they, they knew once I got past that first wave, if uh, anybody was out of position, I was just going to outrun you. Yeah. Now, now let's change gears a little bit to another big play that got, let's say, Alabama called back um, because <laughs> weird stuff happens against Alabama, and we're playing Alabama this weekend. So it's hey, you know what? I'm gonna go ahead and and put it out on the table, man. Alabama is the luckiest team in the history of college football. I don't know. They they should change their their mascot from an elephant to a leprechaun. You know what I'm saying? They should be the Alabama leprechauns because they have more luck than anybody I've ever seen. And hit. I was so glad that uh, Tennessee got the got the win because they they deserved it. But there has been 
Uh, so even when we played against them, there have been so many times I've watched Alabama and they should have lost and somehow it just happens. And I'm telling you, it's a horseshoe inside that football. There's a horseshoe <laughs> in the football. I'm telling you, it got to be. It's absolutely nuts. But uh, talk about that kickoff return because the 15 yard. Wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. And, and how do you win with a guy like Nick Saban? His face is so damn unhappy. You ever see his face? I mean, I make that face after I finish taking a dump. He's got that same face, whether they're winning or losing. It's the same face. How was that encouraging? Okay, <laughs> I, I, let me get on. Okay, I'm done. All right. Okay, so <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> I, I just, I just, I, I, oh my God. I, I hate that face. I hate his face. I hate that face. Uh, I, somebody at least put some clown makeup on him or something. Give him a smile, something. You know what I mean? Anyway. Yeah, so. Uh, it, it's, it's some, it's, his, his face sounds like his his thoughts are aggressive, like Samuel L. Jackson. You know what I mean? You know, what I mean? you know, like he's just cursing and carrying on in his head. I'm like, look at your face. Anyway, okay, so <laughs> uh, the um the kick return. Um, now the, the kick return was crazy because when they kicked it, we were we were behind, and and I I, 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 I think I had a, a fumble, and I was just like, and I was so upset. And I'm like, I just want to get my hands on the ball again. And uh, so when they kicked it to me, I came through the first wave. My guys did a, a, a tremendous job of blocking. Like, uh, people don't know about how uh, good a special team guys that uh, Ben Craddock and uh, Walt Hill. You know what I mean? Those guys, they, I mean, they really went to bat for me on those special teams, man. And um, they, they opened up a big hole, and I went through it. But there was a guy trying to have an angle on me, and he had a really good angle. So I said, you know what? I'm gonna take him to the altar, but I'm not gonna marry him. You know what I mean? So I so I started running to the sideline, and I never, I never, I didn't even make eye contact with him. And when he got right up on me, I cut back behind him. And he knew he couldn't plant and go because you know I would just run away from him. So he made a big loop. When he made the big loop, I let him turn all the way around, and I cut back again. When I cut back again, the guy hit my shoulder pad. I, I didn't know how close it was. I wasn't gonna turn around and you know, take inventory. You know, I just, I just kind of. You know, but he hit my shoulder pad, and I'm like, oh, I thought he was on top of me. So I took another step, and I dove. And so when I dove into the end zone, they threw a flag. Hmm. I'm sitting there like, I've seen Alabama spike the ball in the end zone. I've seen them celebrate, do all kind of stuff, and uh, they, they get no repercussions. And, uh, and I, it's sad that it's that lopsided, especially um, when they play the Ole Miss Rebels, man. They really, really it, – it's, it's hard not to think that it's a little biased. But, you know – but. I'm biased because you know I'm yeah. I'm old Miss Rebel, but uh, but I, I've seen that stuff firsthand. Like man, something's not right. I said something some something's wrong with the gumbo. Something's wrong with the gumbo. I tell people all the time is like if you're coming here expecting something else than that, this is the Locked On Ole Miss podcast. It's kind of baked into the title what's going to happen whenever you come into this show. So if you're expecting something else, I don't know if I can help you. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> What can you do? <laughs> yeah, it is what it is. Anyway, before we move on to this week's game, in 97, you had Deuce McAllister, a true freshman, Deuce McAllister. And man, let me tell you something. Was... Hold on, man. Before we even get to this, I'm glad you said that name because I've always considered myself the second best running back in Ole Miss history. You know what mm -hmm. I'm saying? Deuce McAllister, when he came in, I said, God almighty. What, uh, you know, it, it, it looked like, Vikings and and like some African tribal warriors had a baby. 
You know what I'm saying? Like, it's, it, I mean, the dude, he, like, his size was so imposing, and then he had speed. You know what I mean? And if he learned anything from me, it was to put a little wiggle, you know what I mean, to try to save your body a little bit. But, like, man, like, I was looking like, man, what I wouldn't give to jump in his body and run some touchdowns, man. That kid, um, and he, and all he did was just get better, 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 man. And, like, I, I'm, I'm a fan of Deuce McAllister, even though he was uh, younger than me. That kid was simply amazing. But I'm sorry. Go ahead. I had to, I had to get that yeah. on my chair. Yeah. My whole thing is, like, this this rushing class were in a similar situation with Zach Evans and then Quinshawn Judkins, who's a true freshman. The only person that would really know about that, and I said this about to Stuart Patridge, was you guys because you guys, two first-round backs were in the backfield. And talk about what that was like and how you see this class, this group being. You know what? I, they, they're, I, I like what Coach Kiffin is doing with um, versatility with those guys. You know what I'm saying? Like, um, you know, you, you see them in a, in a, a bunch of different uh, scenarios, and they're, they're getting downhill, and they're they're making plays. I think that um, that, that they should spread it out just a little bit more. You know what I mean? Especially when you got it. Like, Judkins, is, he hits those lanes really, really well. You know what I mean? And you got – and a lot of times when you're running the ball, um. You have, to, you have to understand, when people are afraid of you, they are definitely going to do something extra to keep you in the box. They're going to always try to keep you in the box. So if you spread it out where they have to be out the box, that's when you can really hurt them. You know what I mean? Um, the, mm-hmm. You get the, the linemen to widen those splits a little bit. They help create a little bit, some some better lanes. And it's speed. You know, those, those, those running backs have speed and great vision. Let them hit that lane and get past that first wave and start making some plays. You know, I mean, most times I see some of that big runs, it's really they, they pop out of that crowd because everything, um, they, they find that one crease. But, like, when you have when you spread it out, you got more than one crease. You, you set them up and you put them exactly where you want them to be, and you make the plays. That's what a running back is supposed to do. A running back is supposed to um, maneuver, speed, power, agility. You use all these different attributes to put the defensive players where you want them to be so you can make plays. Yeah. Real quick on on that thing with different lanes and all that. Talk about the difference of being an out on an out the outside zone and the inside zone because that's okay. so big in our offense. Talk uh, about now, the differences there. Now, I'm a, I'm a bit of a uh, what you would call a, a idiot when it comes to uh, <laughs> where you're supposed to go because I've taken the outside zone and gone all the way back the other way. I did that against uh, my my junior year. I did that against uh, Arkansas. I took a toss play from that side and took it back all the way around the other way and scored um, up in um, Fayetteville. But um, mm-hmm. when you're running the outside zone, that's supposed to either uh, – you can you can stretch the outside zone almost all the way to the sideline before you cut it up. Um, nobody runs the outside zone better than the Denver Broncos. And I, was, I had an opportunity to go in and really, really learn how to run the outside zone up in uh, Denver. But if you watch Terrell Davis or any of those guys, sometimes they can take that outside zone almost to the sideline before they cut it up. And those offensive linemen just keep running. They keep running to help open up the lanes. And the running back just is patient, 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 patient. And then he cuts it up. You know what I mean? It, it cuts it up. It, you can strain that thing all the way to the sideline before you cut it up. Now, the inside zone is probably the best. Uh, that's the that's the punish one to run because it can go it can go way out there where the outside zone goes. And it can, all, it can go back door. All the way back to the other side behind the tackle. You know what I mean? It just depends on how the defense is playing. You literally get to toy 
with the defense. That's what we did when we, we won the Egg Bowl, um, mm-hmm. with um, when uh, when Tua Patrick and Andre Roan and uh, uh, Corey uh, mm-hmm. secured that victory. But if you watch the way I was running against those guys, they didn't know where I was going. If you look at that game, they had no clue, and, and they had like some of the best defensive players in their history on that team, and they could you couldn't give them flashcards to find me. 